You're listening to a Count Out Podcast. To episode two of Stardom Road here on the Countout Network. I am your host, Scott Edwards. With me, as always, as always, as in two episodes, uh, is Trent. Trent, how you doing? I'm doing well, thank you. It's been it's been a week, but it's been a good week. So it's good to get back into the swing of things and get into the zone of this uh, co-hosting job. Recording your podcast, it's a, it's a official nice co-hosting. Yeah, co-hosting. yeah, I, I've moved up in the world. You have billing on this, you know. You know, when, second when billing, the, uh, second the, billing. Well, but to I be can fair, come for that time. It's alphabetical by first mm, name. Mm. So, just man, you're just on saying. S and you get uh, front billing. That's actually impressive. Yeah, I mean, hey, thanks for being named Trent, my friend. Uh, but you know, I think the first episode received a lot of. Um, I appreciate all the kind words. A lot of people were really mm. looking forward to jumping in. I know people that went and watched the match and then listened to us, um, which is kind of what I hope everyone does, which mm. is why we're going to say what we're going to watch at the end of every episode <laughs> so that you can check it out beforehand. Because, I mean, if you're just kind of listening to us blab about a show or a match, we can only do so much for you. But if you watch it yourself and then you can hear us talk about it, then so on. And that's very important today. I think as, as we, much as we can talk about how good Ikawa's kicks were, if you don't see them, right. there's only yeah. so much. So mm-hmm. we, we try and give you context and we want to give you a little bit of background and stuff where possible, but go on this journey with us by watching the shows. Some are easier to find than others. You know, Stardom World doesn't have everything, but if you can watch as much as you can with us, not only do you get to go down this Stardom Road with us, but it's not going to be quite as confusing if we're talking about little aspects. We we try and explain it as if you're not watching, but we right. do understand. We can get a little excited and uh, find ourselves <laughs> deep in the bushes of these things. Yeah, so what we're talking about today, if you read the title, you probably know. If you remember what we said last time, is we are going to discuss the very first show in stardom's history Mm -hmm. birth of nova of course january 23rd 2011 um as we know you know we have those anniversary shows every year so it's not like it's difficult to forget that anniversary but it did all start um i believe it was uh shinkiba first ring you know yes a a perfect spot i think for history to begin they were they ran that spot a lot obviously it was um, their go-to in uh, Tokyo yeah. for a long time, and that's understandable. I've always loved that venue, personally. Um, I, when I go back to Japan, I would love to catch a show there, yeah. just because I've seen so many events at Shinkiba mm-hmm. First Ring, but I've never been there. And it feels like, you look at Kurikan Hall, you can get a feel for the venue, but Shinkiba First Ring kind of feels like its own beast. Yeah, because it's so dark. Mm. And it's like, just a warehouse, basically. Yeah, and, and and what I always loved about it is like the ring is the focus. That mm. is right. Like when everyone's making their entrances, it's the ring that's all that's lit up. Uh, you can hear the crowd, but you can't necessarily see them. And this first show has a lot of ups, a lot of downs, a very important couple of debuts, um, mm-hmm. lots of names that are very important to the history of stardom. 
um, some names that didn't last that long after the first show as well, which is another interesting part of this. Um, but we have some fun uh, history stuff to go over here. I know Trent put this together, which is really fun. Uh, we're going to look back at many things from back in 2011 when stardom was get uh, getting ready. Um, finally had their first show. So I will let you take that away, Trent. No worries. Well, it's difficult sometimes to get true context for what's going on when you're looking back at over a decade worth of you know, time and space. So here's what the wrestling world looked like at the very end of 2010 heading into 2011. The PWI, women's top 50, not 150, mm. there was 50 back then, the top 50 of 2010. Top five was Eve Torres. Number four was cheerleader Melissa. Number three was Mercedes Martinez. Number two was Angelina Love. And number one was Michelle McCool. Now that right there, those names, like it's a, a nice mix of, I vaguely remember them and, oh, <laughs> they were that high on the list. It's kind of yeah. crazy seeing how far, and obviously this is a Western, this is Western mm. coverage, but it's kind of crazy to go back to where it was and to where the coverage is now and seeing the, just the talent pool. is so yeah. much like, you've got to be so much better just to get a look in these days in mm. women's wrestling, which is yeah partly due to Joshi's return to prominence, um, but just also the West as well, kind of picking up their game. Not horrible talents necessarily on this list, but certain names that you see there, you wouldn't expect to see on a 2022 list. No. no. Um, you know, it's funny you mentioned that because we're sitting here recording this um, a week earlier. I'll I'll be admitted to everyone a week <gasps> earlier than the show comes out. But I know that the PWI 150 women's list is coming out later this week. Oh. So, so that was good timing that you actually had that. Um, and I we don't have any complaints today. <laughs> <laughs> I can't say, ah, this Joshi wrestler should have been higher, but it's good to see that it's changed so much um, that we're seeing those Joshi wrestlers higher. We just need them to get to number one already so we can mm-hmm. get some, some respect in here. Uh, if Shuri's not number one, there's a problem. I'm just kidding. Not really. But but um, the, the, the idea of where we were, right? Because 2010, right? Everyone acknowledges like Joshi had their dark ages. Mm. Like no, not enough people cared, but there was still so much talent back then. Yeah, and it, it's a shame that for many people that's forgotten um, or just skipped over. But like that's when Emi Sakura was doing her mm. thing, and Kari Oniyama and Mako Satomura. Like this, is, this is a big names, and just kind of got glazed over which, you know, stinks, but... It's kind it of crazy that you look at went. someone like an Emi Sakura or even a Kaori who you're going to look at, like, when you're looking at their careers, so much focus is going to be on their, I guess, their final years. Like, you know, we're going to mm-hmm. remember Kaori as being a clown and Emi Sakura kind of pushing the, the Gato Move movement, but yeah. it's kind of forgetting that they, you know, spent 10, 20 years in wrestling just to get to that point. Yeah. Um, because yeah, everyone kind of focuses on the AJW sort of golden era, and then we just kind of forget that Stop. women's wrestling in Japan was a thing until Stardom and TJPW started to get recognition and start to get yeah. their foot back in the door. Yeah, and I think Emi Sakura, like truthfully, will go down as one of the most underrated wrestlers of all time. Mm. Um, uh, especially her impact will be underrated for longer. I mean, she trained so many of the best we see today. 
right? Mm. And mm. it's translated to so many memorable moments, whether it's with her or without her. And she, her her legacy will continue on forever, whether people know it or not. Um, but this is a stardom podcast after all. So uh, she, we'll, she has appeared in stardom, but she's yes. not a fight for point. We'll, we'll save the Emmy soccer praise for another for podcast that isn't Stardom Road because uh, she deserves it. And uh, Chocolate Road coming soon. Chocolate Road. Yeah, we'll just go through every single show they've done, which is a lot. <laughs> we're going to be playing catch up on that yeah that'd be crazy um but as i said stardom birth of no did you have any more 2010 2011 yeah well you know you with? if you weren't paying a lot of attention to women's wrestling back then those names might not the ring days, much of a bell yeah what well, is literally the divas championship was around this time um natalia was the champion and dropped it to eve torres at the royal rumble a week later a royal rumble that alberto del rio won which i believe was at the that time was the yeah, the biggest Royal Rumble of all time. I, I think they're billing it as. And then uh, you had The Miz headlining WrestleMania against John Cena, also known as John Cena versus The Rock 0.5 because everyone forgot Miz was even in that match, including The Miz, forgotten cast. Um, we had Hiroshi Tanahashi winning the IWGP Heavyweight Championship, not World Heavyweight, just Heavyweight Championship, at Wrestle Kingdom 5, de- defeating Satoshi Kojima. During that time, Prince Devitt, a.k.a. Finn Balor, was the IWGP junior heavyweight champion. So there's a little bit of a context to where we were 2010, 2011, um, just to get you in the mood for Birth of Nova. You know what all that told me? We needed stardom more than ever, you know? (laughs) Stardom couldn't have started at a better time after you told Mm -hmm. me all that. Um, And, of course, Rasi Agawa leading that. Um, with Nanai Takahashi to create what we see today as the biggest women's promotion in the world, the biggest, of course, since AJW. Um, and you know, you, you kind of, as a fan, almost, you kind of humble yourself watching these old shows because we're so used to now the big venues and the mm. pomp and circumstance and the excitement of you know these world-class matches but if you go back to this first show there's a lot of new wrestlers there's Mm -hmm. rookies there's Mm -hmm. people debuting there's you know you got you got a couple vets on this show but a lot of it (laughs) yeah too but a lot of it's establishing what this is going to be moving forward Mm. and the proof of concept yeah, and my favorite part of the show is you read so many names and they range throughout Stardom's history of importance, right? Like the early ages, the main players are on here. And of course, spoiler alert, Mayu Yutani's on here. So, like, mm. yes, we get we have the whole history covered yeah. thanks to her. But uh, as you'll hear as we go on, we have a main event that's very key and um, you know, I was watching the show and I, I try not to tweet about the matches or anything because I want to save it all for the show, which is very difficult for me, of course. Uh, <laughs> but like I would walk away and be like, this person deserves more respect. Yuzuki Kawa is an all timer and she did it in three years. Like <laughs> it's the little things like that that you just notice from this show. And it's just incredible what they created. Even on their like the first show, you didn't walk away and be like, "Wow, that was a must see, all time classic." But you walked away with it like, "Yeah, yeah, I see how this became what it is." 
it's a very important show from a historical uh, sort of perspective. You want to be able to go back and sort of say, okay, this is where stardom was, and then go to, say, Dream Queendom and go, well, this is where they reach in sure. 11 years and kind of a mass, see that progression that's so important. But as a, as a show itself, it's very much just a basic proof of concept. Here are our stars of tomorrow and a couple of people to guide them. I hope you enjoy what you see. There's no uh, un, undue pretenses. They're not trying to hype themselves up as the best thing in wrestling right now. It's more just we have something that we believe in. We have wrestlers that we think can become something. Let's go on this journey together. And it's a fun little show. And, I mean, for all the, the you know, it's not the big arenas and it doesn't have thousands of people in attendance like Sodom Get Now, the crowd was loud, really. It was. Louder it than was. the current shows. <laughs> but, yeah, it was good to hear them getting into a whole bunch of people that they don't yeah. know at this stage. Yeah, exactly. Um, so to go through a few things here, uh, this show did air on Samurai TV. Mm-hmm. Um, it was taped in there, I think, two weeks after on February 5th, 2011. Uh, the attendance, I'm not a big attendance guy, but I feel like this is important for these things. Mm. Um, their attendance was 466, which in Shakiba first ring is pretty good. Um, it's pretty packed. In yeah, and you, and you felt it watching the show. <laughs> that it, was, it was packed. Uh, like you said, it was loud. It was, <laughs> you would think the company was running for a lot longer. And yeah. I'm going to give a lot of credit to you, someone like an Aikawa, who obviously had a following before stepping into a wrestling ring. I'm sure mm. that helped a lot. But you have that mix of, as we said, um, especially in this opening match, you had an Aikawa, you had two vets. Mm. Um and yet someone else. Uh, <laughs> but it's just so interesting because uh, it's a first show for a company. You don't know. Mm-hmm. Like, yes, Rossi has his past. And then I, Takahashi, has her past. But that that can only go so far. It's yeah. still a show. Like, when you heard stardom back then, no one was no one was like, oh, this is good. This is the company. Um, <laughs> there's not a chance anyone said that, mm. uh, except for, besides maybe Rossi Agawa. Um, but by the end of it, I will say, I felt you kind of felt that specialness to it. Just even in rookie matches, you just felt like, oh, I see, I see mm. that potential that ultimately got bigger, bigger. Like, even if you just look to. 2013 this company was so different oh yeah <laughs> yeah <laughs> like, just the names that you sing yeah. through the way they operate but and something something interesting i had i had the number earlier but i forgot it so i apologize give me one second uh but yeah give your thoughts on this while i go get my number back yeah it looked it's not a show that you're going to put on your must-watch list outside of historic precedents but what's really impressive through this whole thing is yeah. 90% of this group are either in their first match or they've had one or two matches that were not really of any significance. The only people who had any proper experience was Natsuki Taiyo and Nanei Takahashi. The, the general level of these matches across the board, as simple as they were, as first match versus first match as they are, 
you can see that the, the level of training and growth just in these six to eight months that most of these wrestlers have had is actually pretty impressive. And so you've got to give a lot of credit to Fuka, got to give a lot of credit mm-hmm. to Nene Takashi for getting these youngsters ready to be in such a stage. Because typically rookies get their first or second match, they're getting to work with someone who knows their way around the wrestling mm-hmm. ring. Most of these girls didn't get that opportunity. They were thrown in with someone else who was as dear in the headlights as they were. So to get the kind Mm -hmm. of match level that they were getting is actually quite impressive. Yeah. Uh, So the the little factoid I wanted to give was they ran 27 shows in their first year. Just think about that as a, like, thinking about it now, right? And the amount Mm. of shows they run, it's, like, laughable. Almost, it's like, but that's wow. twice a month for a brand new company. Yeah, exactly. Um, I think yeah, you, you take three shows that aired. Um, at least according to Cage Match, that's not mm. guaranteed. Um, of course, they've probably showed stuff over time, but three like pay per view type shows. Um, so let's get into it. Let's get mm. into Birth of Nova, starting out with the very first match. By the way, to the people wondering, this is. On Stardom World, you can go check it out. I know I have to. I have to be specific because yeah. everything we watch isn't necessarily on mm. Stardom World. Um, but if you ask me or Trent, we'll make sure to help you out. If it isn't, um, and maybe I'll try to get it in our uh, podcast uh, descriptions moving forward. But you know, we'll see. That's not my job. Uh, we'll make a way to make it work. Yeah, because we want you to see the say, match. Hey, God, like, we're we're not unappro- inapproachable. You can come say hey. Yeah. yeah. I mean, I sometimes am, but that's, that's just fine. placating by saying, "Hi, I'm a big Mayu fan. Can I get this yeah, you're new in. show from 2013?" You're in, unless you're like the jerks. Uh, some of the people that were in like my uh, quote tweets from this past week that were like, <laughs> "Someone said, oh, it should have been with Tommy versus Kyrie," and the the exact words were, "This should be good, I guess." Talking about Kyrie versus Mayu, it's like you you, you guess. Well, we might have a whole show dedicated to why that is a crazy assumption for it to just be, I guess. Wink, wink, nudge, nudge. We'll get to that later on. (laughs) Uh, But the opening match was Mm. Natsuki Tayo and Yuzuki Akawa versus the team of Iris and Nanai Takahashi. So you may hear that and you say, oh, I know three of them. Iris, I got got the backstage info on Iris. She's only 27 now, Mm. worth Mm. noting. Um, so she wrestled six matches in her career. A whopping... no, six matches that are on cage match that are on cage match because right. I do have some information that questions the the full validity of cage matches uh, levels. So her last match in Storm, according to Cage Match, was on April third, twenty eleven. Yes, that was yes. less than three months after the show. I can confirm uh, that because she had a tearful goodbye with Natsuki Tayo in the yes. ring. Yep, that was the that was the final match. Um, she she of course is the odd one out here when we look at the three because she's not Japanese. Well, that's oh, is that not what that, you meant? <laughs> no, that's not what I meant at all. But that is important. She's from Mexico. Yes, from Mexico. Um, and I will say, this was her. According to Cage Match, now I don't believe that much because I'm sure she had more than one match. I think which was in Mexico. 
Yeah, I, uh, cage matches notoriously like the Mexican independent yeah. scene is difficult for them to track. Mm-hmm. You know, you kind of got to have people on the ground. According to uh, the fandom wiki, she was actually a, a tag team champion, the Action Zone tag titles. Now, I mm-hmm. can't find information to back this up, but there's a fun little side fact. Yeah. If you're trying to learn more about Iris. Yeah, so don't use cage match if you want to learn more. Uh, because she <laughs> had six matches, which... Uh, she ultimately retired three months later um, against Natsuki Tile. Like we yeah. said, we won't be talking about Iris much more after this show. So just wanted to well, give her a doing three episodes dedicated to it. No, no, no. She don't have enough matches for that. Uh, <laughs> well, <laughs> six matches, six episodes. We can make that work. I don't think I can. I don't think I can. Listen, I can do a lot of things, but I don't know if I can make that work. Apparently she um, speaks English pretty well. Which is great, good for her. Um, maybe, maybe she can come back and be a uh, English commentator for Stardom. She'd be like, "I'm back," and everyone would be like, "Who? What? What? Who are you?" Be like, oh, I was in the first Except ever the match. Listeners of Stardom Road, not only like, Iris. Ha-ha. I heard <laughs> about only... them talk about her for ten minutes. This is the best part. Not only was she in the first match, she was the winner. Well, she she was part of the winning team yes. in the first match, which she is still important, but. Yeah, so I thought there was a lot to like here in the overall match. Um, you could feel how different it was when Iris was in there as opposed mm. to her partner, Nanai Takahashi. Um, but my biggest takeaway by far is that you knew who the star of this company was watching this match. That's how I felt. It wasn't mm. Nanai. It wasn't Tayo. Wasn't Iris, unfortunately. It was Yuzuki Akawa. Just everything she did and the excitement that people had when she stepped in there. And as we talked about before we even started talking on this show, all those fears from that first match, see ya, gone out the window. She was there to brutalize Nanai Nagashi with her kicks. Um, You can see the difference in how she fought Iris versus how she fought Nanai. Yeah, he was yeah. like, okay, you're you're new like me. Let's kind of go through yeah. the ropes. I'm not going to try and take your head off. Oh, I know you. You beat me last time. Murder mode. Axe kick oh to the face. Oh, my God. Violent kicks to the face. Mm. Like you, if you watch wrestling today, my best comparison is probably Shuri. Just like kicks. Yeah. You know, Kicks-wise. I'm just talking mm-hmm. kicks. Mm. Um, I mean, this was like how I was like, this was she she had one two three, not many matches to her name by this point but even though that's true she was still very good for her experience mm. um you could just she she had the unteachable charisma to her which just you know that that brings you so many steps forward yeah um but her kicks were of course compact and physical that's the best part of her game and always was mm-hmm. um but just her and Nanai in there, it was like a different. It was like these two have been wrestling for more than one match, which, of course, you know, <laughs> training goes a long way. But I was just so blown away by that. I was like, this is the star of this company. You don't have to question it. You know, Nanai might have thought she was a star, but this, this was the star of stardom from the very beginning. 
and and the story they tell in this tag match kind of highlights that. Like, yeah, you know, she starts off strong against Iris, and then basically goes into this a similar mode to where they did with that sort of very first match she had, mm-hmm. where she's dealing with Nanaya's overwhelming power, yeah. but getting moves in, getting chances to shine, that babyface fire coming through. Ultimately, she comes up short, but someone that you're building around as that underdog face to mm-hmm. overcome the the dominant kind of face yeah. of the company in Nanaya. This is exactly the story that you tell. And she yeah. got good support from Tayo during that sort of final third of the match where, like a lot of starting matches and ta- tag matches, they find their core group to finish on and they, sure. they spend plenty of time on that. But just the story they weave through that is done quite well. And yeah. you know, Yuzuki in two matches is proving to be a fantastic babyface in peril with enough fire that you're not just going, oh, I hope you do well, but like, okay, <laughs> give me the kicks, give me the violence. <laughs> yeah. Um, there, so I don't want to skip to the end because I do want to talk about Tayo a lot mm. too. But they were slapping each other in the face, Aikawa and Nanai. And this is just because it's a natural reaction, but I loved it. You know, Aikawa gets slapped and she grabbed her face in pain like a normal person, and then she hit her right back with one that mm. was maybe the loudest one of the entire exchange, but. Like, if you just remember, if you just remember, right, what Aikawa's background is, right? She's a idol model, whatever you want. And she's doing this. Mm. You just applaud her the whole time because it's like, man, you know, your looks are very important to your previous career. And now you're here getting the taste slapped out of your mouth and <laughs> you're giving it right back. And I, when she almost got the win in the closing minutes, I I was like it was like I was watching a live show. I was like I I know she doesn't win this <laughs> because you knew Nanai was not losing. Uh, <laughs> which funny how that doesn't change over eleven years. Yeah, very uh, ever. Um, she had a lot much longer career of never losing. Um, but I was so into it. And I think that just speaks to her baby face ability. Um, it, it was so natural. You wanted to cheer for her even though she could kick your head off. <laughs> that was, that's, that's the fun thing to play there. Like, yeah, she's this great underdog baby face. Oh, oh, she could kick my head off, which we she ultimately did many, many, many matches after that to many competitors. Yeah, it's it's a great showcase for Aizawa, but it's also good, like, if you're coming into stardom completely blind and you don't know the history of stardom, which I'm sure there are people maybe listening to this show, following along with us, who don't know a lot of the history. Mm. It's a we great showcase. Yeah, you, you get a great little showcase of what these main players were. Mm. After this match and the previous match, you know what was about. Mm-hmm. You get a good idea of what Nanai Takahashi is about. And Natsuki Taya, who is someone who is criminally underknown and underappreciated in modern stardom circles, straight away you go, oh, okay, this is where, you know, Azumi, Starlight Kid, oh, yeah. these kind of wrestlers come from. You can see that DNA in her from the very moment of this match. The amount of moments that I watched Taya, I was like, oh, that's Azumi. Oh, that, oh, that's awesome. Like mm. she hit. So at one point, um, Tayo hits the diving stomp from the top. It's identical to Azumi. Yeah. So like yeah. the like the speed that she goes in there. Like she doesn't get a lot of height on it. It's just driving herself into the opponent. And I was like, that is that is. I'm watching Azumi wrestle right mm. now. Um, Tayo's arguably the best high speed wrestler of all time, and that's not that's not me fibbing. That is just the <laughs> truth. 
and she's like she's she's like the epitome of why we do a show like this mm. because like you said one of the most underrated wrestlers of all time like she wouldn't be on the mount rushmore of stardom but but she's at least in the conversation she's not on it but like no. if you were to list out 25 people She's easily on the list, um, especially when you're looking at these yeah. early years when they For needed sure. the veteran support people to kind of guide these young wrestlers mm-hmm. through. She was the perfect kind of person to get in. Go, you want to go fast? You want to yeah. highlight this aspect of wrestling? Yeah. No one better than Tayo to give you the the, right. the four one one on what to do in the ring at a mile a minute. Yeah, and I thought she did that uh, really well, actually, with Iris when they were in there against one another. It was interesting uh, watching that because you could tell Iris was a step or two slower. Um, oh, yeah. You know, struggling to keep up. Match, but, and that's fair enough with Tyo. But, like, it was interesting seeing her kind of adapt to that. So, like, oh, mm. she goes a bit too quick and, you know, Iris is struggling to catch up and then yeah. just tweaks the game a little bit to sort of make sure both of them look good because, yeah. you know, again, Iris wasn't that, you know, experience coming to this we don't know if it was just one match or whether there's more mexican <laughs> independence but she wasn't a veteran by any means no but they didn't want to make her look bad they wanted to find a way to highlight what she could do and yeah it was a pretty decent effort i i walked away not being like oh i'm glad she didn't stick around for long yeah she was like 15 or 16 at the time uh, she was in university Okay. Um, so yeah, there you she, go. <laughs> she, took, she took time off her university studies to come to Japan. Came in December 2010. Rossi picked her up. They had ramen, and yeah, she was only going to be over there for a couple of months. But mm. yeah, quite apparently quite smart, quite educated, traveled yeah. the world a bit already. So we have St- given stopping the world, stopping the uh, path for her. Yeah, yeah. She just you know dropped in for the first match in stardom's history and was like yeah this is cool whatever no big deal uh <laughs> credit to her you know for mm. being in this spot um obviously she didn't know at the time how important it would be but when you're with those three looking back it's like yeah yeah you're gonna stick out because <laughs> we know what would go on mm. to happen but as, as i said to you when i was watching the match she's not bad for her experience level whatever it was at the time because we don't know if it was really one match mm. or more um, I was still impressed. I mean, she wasn't there training with everyone either. No, no. She she rocked up, and then a month later, she was in this show. And I think the other thing in all this is she's in the ring with two veterans and the the, mm. the most important wrestler in Stardom's immediate future. Mm. She didn't get to showcase comparative to the other rookies, the true rookies, right. like some of the ones we're going to mention afterwards. Potentially, if she was being compared to those. You would look at it more favorably than, oh, yeah, she was struggling to keep up with Natsuki Taya of all people, mm. or, you know, get, being outshone by Yuzuki Aikawa. Well, yeah, that's going to happen. That's not an indictment on you. Yeah. And uh, important because we kind of have glossed over her. Nanai, of course, very important yes. to this match. Uh, <laughs> she served as really the base, I think, mm. for mm. what was a lot of the best action in it. Um, yeah. For me, this was probably either this or the main event is match of the night um this was that... match of the night for me yeah um, the main complaint was this was cleaner. a little long just yeah. a little longer than it should have but yeah, yeah it's a lot cleaner um you've got better wrestlers more engaging. At this stage more engaging um yeah. and that's not a knock on the main event but this should this be the better, better match, match because you've got yeah. the more experienced wrestlers 
Yeah, I mean, if you think about it, this kind of was the main event. It's just, mm. you know, you want to establish starting right off the gate. You want to have that. People coming to stardom, if they're going to know anyone, it's going to be Nanai, Tayo, or Yuzuki from her idol background. Mm. They're not going to know Yoshiko and Yokobito. Yeah, so yeah. If, if you don't want to watch this whole show, which I'm telling you now, you don't have to watch every match. <laughs> to me, there's two matches that are must-see, this one and the semi, yeah. um, for other reasons but if you don't want to watch the whole show watch this one you'll get some really good wrestling out of it which mm. is always important i know for viewers um but you also just see like this match was the perfect scope of where they were gonna go um with uh these three at the helm i don't want to keep tayo out of that i know nanai and aikawa went on to be the you know original champions but tayo mm. was at very important being that mid Carter um, key for yes. them. And uh, we're going to get to a lot of her great matches down the line as well, which I'm excited about, but that's first match. Uh, mm-hmm. Nanai Takahashi and Iris walking out with the win. Uh, Big shock. Nanai pinned Aikawa, um, <laughs> which, you know, is what it is. Uh, the next match was uh, Mika Nagano versus Eri Susa. You want to call yourself a hardcore stardom fan? Name four <laughs> of their matches. Um, so I actually have a fun little note here. Ooh. Um, so Rossi, our, our good friend Rossi Gao, had a uh, blog back in the day, and we'll go to it a number of times mm. throughout this series. Um, whenever we, we, we don't a lot of we don't have a lot of source material from that right. era, and this is a you couldn't ask for much better source. Yeah. So so Eri Eri Susa, um. She failed her protest twice in a row. Mm-hmm. That's that's what he says here. Mm. Just you know, shooting shooting from the hip. Um, what she was like a frog that's stared at by a snake, and she lacked the appearance of wanting to take the exam. She must be feeling more frustrated than anyone else. If so, I want her to express her feelings. If this happens, she wants to protest as many times as she wants to until she passed. Ready and remember, this is translate. So. You know, yeah. I'm doing my best here. Uh, but never compromise. If she likes professional wrestling, she has no choice but to do her best without giving up. The pro the protest is different from the school exam, and it's not good to be able to do the spot. A place to see if you can do uh be, do it as a professional. That's why practice is endless as long as you're active. Next time I want you to shed tears of joy when you pass, but the pure fighting of the girls touches my heart. I would like to represent this as a flag. Uh, so uh, g- to give insight, Sousa instantly, I thought from the beginning of this match, kind of exemplified that mm. kind of her nervousness, her uncertainty. And I she thought that was a schoolgirl outfit. Yeah, schoolgirl outfit. So it really fit what <laughs> Rossi was saying. Yeah. Um, and of course, she fought Nagano, who was more of a MMA type mm. wrestler. You know, she had the sports bra, the shorts. Pretty much what had advertisers on them, like yeah, yeah, she had the UWF look going that like mm. Konami had uh when she fought Shuri. Um this match, I mean, not much to write home about, very quick. Yeah. Um Susa did have like she, she I felt like she was crying the whole time. <laughs> like <laughs> well, I, she I, heard I Rossi know. say, I want you to be crying, and she took that a little too literally. Yeah. That's all. Yeah. Um yeah. yeah, like this is a three minute match between two people who I mean this was uh Eric's video first was literally match. five minutes total. Yeah, was, yeah. <laughs> and and, and Naganor had two matches in Ice Ribbon 
couple of years prior to this yeah. match, which Rossi in the in the blog basically says, eh, they happened. Don't, you know, we're not really basing her future and her expectations off of those. Um, I think that the beautiful thing about Eri is that she she graduated, she passed her test on Christmas Eve. So it was a nice little Christmas present for her um, before coming in and getting to finally wrestle in this uh, match after failing the test a couple of times, which would be difficult when you're seeing your peers go in for the first time and pass or even, yeah. you know, failing once like Mario did and then coming back and passing um, would be frustrating to be, well, how, when am I going to get there? And thankfully yeah. she got there in time for the first show. This was a fun little match. It's inoffensive. It um, the crowd responded to the right moments, like when there's a little comedy segment, they laughed to that. When there's a couple of more intense moments, they were reacting to that. Mm. Um, one thing I really liked about this was you could actually see them fighting through the pinfall. Yes. Typically, you just you, you one, two, okay, now I move and kick yeah. out. But it felt like there was actually, oh, I don't want to be stuck down here and kick out as soon as possible. There's a struggle. Um, the person you expect to win this wins this. Like I, I compared... Um, the look, like you look at the, both of these wrestlers, within a second you already know basically the character and expectations mm. of this match that you need yeah. to know. Reminds mm. me a lot of TJPW. You see a wrestler, yeah. so, okay, you are this character, I can expect this from you. And that's mm -hmm. what you get. Yeah. Uh, there's some interesting little tidbits here about Nagano. Uh, so she, according to Cage Match again, <laughs> so uh, her stardom run in 2011, uh, so she beat Sousa here. That's mm -hmm. important. The MMA one, by the way, people. Mm. Just one. Yes. She wrestled. Nice I had to write down their gimmicks next to the yeah. names. I'll be honest. Yeah. Uh, so she had five matches and she won four of them. She defeated Mayu Yutani, Yoko Bito, Arisa Hoshiki, and she lost in the World of Stardom Tournament semifinal to Yoko Bito. Uh, so she. she she had a more prominent spot than you probably thought, folks. <laughs> I mean, look, if you were to re yeah, you retire and you, know, you come back in 2022, you've got a daughter or something. She said, you had a wrestling career, didn't you? And like, yes. Oh, who did you beat face? Well, I beat Mayu Watani, Arisa Hoshiki, Yoko Bito. They're pretty good names to you know, sort of mention and throw up. Yeah, no, I, I knocked them. I beat them in the middle of the ring. Probably don't need to mention Ari, but... She also Not everyone can say they beat the icon of stardom. No, no. She also returned. Uh, so that tournament final match that I talked about, which we will be watching mm. uh, down the line for Stardom X Stardom, spoiler alert, is she came back after that match for the final uh, show of Yu Suzuki and Kawa's career, which was the uh, Ryogoku show. Um not gonna try to say it. I don't need to pull a Mayu here. Uh, so we're just gonna read <laughs> Goku. But uh, she, this is a fun little fact. She teamed with Nai Takahashi and Sukasa Fujimoto to go against Hiroyo Matsumoto, Kaori Onoyama, and Shuri. So just a lot of just a lot to unpack there. Um, that was in uh, 2013, by the way. So you kind of just gotta skip ahead to when Yuzuki Kawa retired. Just one old. of many legends. Yeah, yeah, she she was the one that stuck out there, uh, but she <laughs> she came back for that. She was the iris of the first match in that particular one. <laughs> she was, she was. Um, but that's that is that match. We can move on. 
If you're watching the whole show, yeah, watch it. It doesn't take much time. But I, I wouldn't go out of my way to seek out this match. Yeah, Susa lasted a lot uh, lasted a lot longer. Um, she would go on. She'd wrestle st- with Stardom um, until 2013. She would go to JWP. Um, she also competed in Pro Wrestling Wave, Ice Ribbon, uh, Seedling, Diana, for example. So she was around until 2015. Clearly, she didn't care about pro Gage wrestling. Match. Yeah, yeah. Rossi, yeah, obviously was pushing her to kind of show herself and prove herself, and yeah. it was clearly there because you know she didn't just come in and then leave straight away. She, yeah, she, she made a career out of it. So good on. Um, her. she's better known as Erie or Akira Rin. That's uh, that's the main name if you want to. No, there. If you ever want to go find her matches, uh, you're welcome. Uh, okay, moving on. So we're not going to really talk a lot about this, but uh, we had Haruka versus Passion Naki, which is Natsuki Taya dressed up in a mask. Um, Haruka, <laughs> of course, is the child who mm-hmm. famously wrestled Kenny Omega, um, as many people know the story. Um, I don't know if people have ever really seen the match, but that did happen, of course. She was yes. born in 2002. So, same age as Azumi. Yep. <laughs> yep. Uh, and Miyu so Asaki, O2 line. She wrestled a, a lot team. of time limit draws in her career. Uh, <laughs> Only one person managed to beat her that wasn't in a time limit draw. Yeah. Yeah. Everyone uh-huh. else couldn't, couldn't beat her in time, including no. Kenny Omega. Now, her involvement in stardom will always be a weird one to me. Mm. It's it's something that I personally, I'll say this, wasn't comfortable watching. Um, it's a hard watch because, you know, you're watching a child in there. Now, I will say, fundamentally, she was gifted. <laughs> like, mm. you know, she was doing moves and stuff, and I was like, what is, what's happening? Like, what am I watching here? Uh, but it's just something that's, like, not for me. Mm-hmm. Not for many, because you know she only wrestled this one year, and then she was done um, as a wrestler. She didn't come back, and you know she's not wrestling now. For those people are wondering, um, but yes, she is the wrestler that wrestled Kenny Omega, and this did go to a time limit draw, like all of her other matches except for her final one. Yeah, yeah. Yoshiki doesn't do time limit draws to a kid. No, <laughs> no, no. I was a little terrified when I said that was the person that beat her. Yeah. Um, look. I, I get like if someone doesn't enjoy watching a kid wrestle like this, I, I do totally get it. To this me, like the child. way it's presented, yeah, yeah, she she's a nine year old. To me, this felt like a parent play fighting with a kid. Yeah, um, and everything Natsuki was doing was very clearly like it was the protective. swing that got me. <laughs> I was and like, oh, there was you a do lot that of with kids; they love it. They love it. Um, the, the the spot that really popped me was when she would try and put Haruka in the Boston Crab, but mm. she was literally too small to actually get that locked in, and she just slipped yeah. back out. They did it like four times, and like yeah. it was funnier every time for me because yeah. like ah, still doesn't work. Tayo was good uh, mm. in this spot, of course, um, but yeah, she wrestled twice, and uh, she was the heel of the match, which was funny. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> which you know the, the fans got into it. That, that yeah. was another interesting part. Like the oohs and ahs from a lot of things. Obviously, it's a kid, so like they're cheering on the, the poor mm. kid that's trying mm. to wrestle. But fundamentally, I was impressed. If, if she had kept that wrestling, it would have been fascinating to see. Yeah. Does she go on to be kind of like a Zoomie? Is that kind of a career trajectory mm. she could have? Because, yeah, nine years old, she was doing well. 
Like, obviously, you're not buying into the situation. No. Total suspension of disbelief. But technically, she's doing quite a decent job. Again, first ever mm. match and it's an exhibition, but, you know, good on her for doing that. Unfortunately, I heard part of the reason she stopped was she was getting bullied at school about it, which, oh, you know, kids suck. Um, kids but, suck. It, yeah, it would make sense that if that was happening, you probably wouldn't want to keep mm. wrestling. But um, I, I do hope that she can look back on her yeah. time in stardom with you know, positivity and realise that, you know, it, you know, that she did enjoy herself potentially and, yeah. Yeah, I hope she looks at the wrestlers that she faced and just, like, sits back and, like, wow, yeah. they're the biggest wrestlers in the world. Because you wouldn't have <laughs> thought back then Kenny Omega would become right. the man he does. No. I, I, I just like to think in my head that she just became an instant Kenny Omega fan after that match yeah. and, like, her seeing him be what he would become you know, mm-hmm. like in New Japan and AEW, it's just like cool moment for her. Yeah. Um, or just looking like, and go, yeah, wow. Okada couldn't beat Kenny, yeah, but I survived. I'm better <laughs> than Okada. I have a better record against Kenny Omega than the Okada. Exactly. Uh, uh, anyways, let's move. On. Uh, <laughs> so this was for me, shocker, the most important match of the show. Mm-hmm. Um, and in terms of starting history. It might be the most important. Uh, so this was the double debut. It was Mayu Iwatani versus Arisa Hoshiki. Uh, I'm not very secretive about my <laughs> fandom for these two. They're probably my two favorite wrestlers of all time. Well, they definitely are. There's no probability to that. Um, and just you see them here in their first match. One screams confidence. The other screams hesitance, and it's exactly who you do you expect it to be. <laughs> um, we have a fun little thing from Rossi's blog once again here, um, which tells me all I need to know that Arisa Shiki was the one. Mm. Arisa Shiki passed the second stardom protest. After all, what I want to see in the protest is motivation and single mindedness. She absolutely has the spirit and tenacity to pass. To put it simply, Arisa was shining. Everything is full of confidence, and what you do is unexpected. She has a natural personality. I'm sure she'll end up being a stardom secret weapon that will grab her many fans. So what this says to me is she would have been the one. Yeah. She was, you know, and it's very, very well documented. Mayu Yutani wasn't the one from the start. Mm. You made the point she failed her test originally, right? She had to do it a second time. Yeah. Um. You know, the the conversation of freedom doesn't go away. Uh, she wasn't the chosen one of that. Io Shirai obviously was. Mm-hmm. Um, Kyrie too was definitely uh, chosen. You don't you can see that sometimes when we watch now, of mm-hmm. uh, just the star power. But Arisa Shiki, right from the start, you know she had she had something in her that Rossi took notice of before she could even wrestle. And watching this match, it's so much fun as a fan because, like, you don't, you know, you're not going into it expecting what they would do, you know, years later. Yeah. And we never got that, by the way, uh, which, you know, destroys me. But it is nice to think that, you know, they came together all those years later. They were in the same faction. They were, mm. you know, tagged many times. So that's pretty sweet. Like, they, you know, they were friends from the get-go here and 
by the way, the the confident one with Arisa Shiki and the hesitant, nervous, shy one was, of course, Mayu Iwatani. She looked petrified. Mm-hmm. When when her name's getting called, like, you know, the camera focuses in on her face. And like, even Arisa at first, like, you could see there, yeah. there was, like, a nervous energy. You know? yeah, it's like sure. Some people react like they look like they're like themselves. themselves. Yeah, yeah, Akar was the same. But, like, Arisa, you know, comes in bouncing. It's kind of, you know, that giddy yeah. energy. You just got to get it out. Mm-hmm. Um, I felt so bad for Ma- Maya in this moment because, yeah. like, you could, again, it kind of works in her favour in a sense because you just thought, oh, I, I know exactly what you're feeling right now. Because mm-hmm. it's, she's not acting like this is. She's thinking, yeah. "Oh crap! What have I got myself into? I need to go back to Yamagata Prefecture and <laughs> just go back into my room." Um, but you know, she sticks it out, and I, I've heard rumours that her career turned out okay. I need to do a bit more research into stardom, but I hear Mayu Watani, yeah, she got better. According to uh, Scott E, uh, she went on to be the greatest of all time. Uh, There's more than a couple <laughs> of uh, cage match matches listed. Yeah, yeah. It's not like Iris. You can find a few more. Yeah, I think she's, uh, you know, I think she actually lasted so long. She's fighting for the IWGP Women's title. So uh, crazy. Pretty cool there. Um, but the matches crazy to go back and look at this because, like, yeah, like they're both brand new rookies. And, you know, we're, we're leaning a lot on cage match. It is a little bit hit or miss, but. You know, these wrestlers at the moment are rated 9.73 and 9.31 on cage match, <laughs> which is a far cry from this first match. But, it, yeah, again, you get to look back and see just how far they've come from this particular moment in January of 11 years ago. Reese had so few matches and she did what she did. Yeah. Um, it just makes you think, what if? Which is the question oh. I will always ask. But uh, this match itself, you saw a lot of what they'd go on to be, you know, mm. even for Mayu who was sitting there terrified, petrified, you know, probably butterflies in her stomach, um, maybe more gross things in her stomach, <laughs> you know, <laughs> thinking about this. You just saw it. I thought yeah. at least you're right. Like if you watch Mayu Utani long enough, you, you kind of get all the Mayuisms that mm. anytime she does them. And, you know, this is her first match and, She's just doing things that you're sitting there like, oh, there's Mayu. Like, you know. Little she flashes was... of the red belt champion. and Yeah. Like, yes, she wasn't a made product in a day. She had mm. better forearms than Arisa at this time. Mm. Um, and she slapped harder too, which really did. surprised me. She did, but she did not kick harder, unfortunately. <laughs> uh, <laughs> which, you know, tough, tough. Yeah. Um, but that that was so that was like so fun for me just sitting here. This was the first time I watched it. Um, oh really? Yeah, I, I I kept it for this show. I've wow. I've literally stared at it for like years now. But I yeah. knew I wanted to do something like this. So I was like, I'm gonna give genuine reaction. I'm gonna wait. Yeah. Um, and it was everything I knew it would be. Um, you know, a little clumsy, a mm. little, a little almost not not perfect but just like she somehow despite all of what she was going through at this time and you could tell she still went out there she still put on a show um you know she did a uh one of the arm like the arm drag uh, bouncing off the ropes and that was when i just sat there i was like man 
She did that her first match. <laughs> yeah. She hits the crucifix. Like I, I know a lot oh, of people yeah. when they talk Big about this match, they're, they're like, oh, yeah, it's you gotta go in with reserved expectations. And look, you do. I didn't. Um, <laughs> generally though, like it is like, okay, you've got to remember first match rookie versus yeah. rookie. This is better than I was expecting. Mm, I know when I first for sure. it a couple of years ago, I was like, oh. I thought this was going to be just horrible based on what I was hearing. Yeah. But like, it's, it's rookie versus rookie, but they do it pretty good. If this was my first match as a professional wrestler, yes, there's some clumsy spots. It's not perfect. But if that was my first match, I'd be I'd be happy with it. I'd be like, yeah, okay. Yeah. I, I, I can do this thing. Yeah. I And I want to, of course, talk about Arisa too. I mean, Mayu. Mayu is very important because of obvious reasons. But mm. Arisa was... As good as you know that Rossi message kind of said, like yeah. just just the personality it, it explodes when she's out there. She's like excited. She's like you said, kind of jumping at the bit for this match to start. Um, that Brazilian kick <laughs> was with her day one, <laughs> and it came out of nowhere, and the crowd was not expecting yeah. it. Yeah, you know, they're, they're, they're reacting as you'd expect, and then all of a sudden she ducks a forearm strike and just boom, kicks it, and everyone's like, "Wait, what the hell did I just see?" Yeah. And she's yeah. nice enough to give you a second one just in case you, <laughs> you know, blinked. And it's like, okay, yeah. this is yeah. If you watch this match with no context, yeah. If you then told the person Risa goes on to be just a phenom, you would you wouldn't bat an eyelid. Maya, you might be like, "Oh, good on her," but yeah, Risa, you, you can see that. Right. You can see that in Aretha already. And she's just 16 years old doing this. Yeah. I, the the pop, the the mm. reaction to that kick was kind of like what I had because I've seen a handful of her early matches. So I knew she had the kick early. Mm. You just aren't ready for it, though, in the first <laughs> match. You're really not. And you're not yeah. ready for it to hit it with such precision either. Because like, the rest of her kicks were a little bit more, yeah, she held yeah. it back. She wasn't trying to kill Mayu. And then she pulls that out of nowhere. Like, it really was like, wait, what? Yeah. Did, what did I see? Yeah. Yeah. It's, we watched two world-class wrestlers in their very first match not only have a competent match, hmm. but one that I really do think is a must-see for stardom fans, um, at least at least Mayu Yutani fans. Yeah. But, I mean, we're going to talk about Arisa more than enough um, <laughs> in these early years uh, because she does have some important matches. Um, but also, you know, we'll get to her down the line, of course, which is very far very far away. Or it's not. You know, me and Trent could decide whenever we want to talk about it. And if he, if I had my choice, I'd talk about it as soon as possible. But this is a two-person Oh, yeah, make it sound like you've, you've wanted to, and I've said no. Well, I definitely want to. I just haven't brought it up yet. Yeah, you haven't <laughs> been like, let's make the next one a Risa. I've been like, no, no, I haven't. No, done. we have a plan. Over, which you'll we hear do about. We but Arisa will come. She will come. Uh, she is. She was just so good right off the bat. Mayu, you know the funny thing about Mayu, like you said, I've heard the same thing. Like, oh, you know, she was clumsy. She wasn't all that good right mm. at the beginning. And I watched that. I was like. You just see so much of Mayu that we see now in this. Like, yes, it's not perfect. Yeah. Not even close. But it's like, I, you could see it. Like, you could hmm. just see it. And maybe that's the Mayu fans in us saying that. Like, I know some people don't like her as much as we do. But 
I don't know. There's something there. Uh, Arisa Shiki gets the win with two Brazilian kicks because mm-hmm. one wasn't enough. Uh, even though the one was out, the first one was out of nowhere, it was great. Um, so definitely worth checking out. Lots of fun there. And yes, like Trent said, you know, we've been going through the careers of these people. They went on to do some successful things. Uh, yes. You know, you know, IWGP Women's Title Match and the Start Crossover coming up for Miami Utani and Arisa Shiki, of course, uh, had one of, if not the best, Wonder of Storm title reigns of all time. That unfortunately came to an end due to retirement, but she retired twice. No wonder why her and Hazuki had such hatred for each other. They were trying to <laughs> battle on retirements. Anyways, the main event. Yes. Yoko Bito versus Yoshiko. Two very key figures in mm. the history of stardom. Uh Yoko, someone that I think goes in that Natsuki Tayo conversation, is very underrated, very underappreciated. Yeah. And she's like, She's another reason I wanted to do the show so bad because it's like she was so good. Mm. Like I when I did my watch through because as I became a Stardom fan, she was one of the people that jumped out to me. And you know, I'm talking about good kicks. Yoko Bito had good kicks. Yeah. Uh Yoshiko, I mean, she's she looks a lot different now, obviously, but mm. you know, that the menacing look of Yoshiko was there, you know, right. The moment that's the I, first thing that struck me about this match yeah. is like for the whole rest of the show, everyone kind of comes in and there's not really they're not gimmick heavy, they're just someone here ready to wrestle right. first match kind of thing. And then you see Yoshika and she's doing kind of the you know, the delinquent, you know, crouch in the corner mm-hmm. and just kind of doesn't want to be there. The the gaudy, you know, gold uh, jumpsuit that she's wearing, she didn't character straight away. And to me, she instantly stands out on this show because she's portraying someone. Mm -hmm. It's not just she's here to wrestle, but that's a character there, which I think was perfect for the main event. It made it a lot more interesting because the match itself had structure. It had face heel dynamics. Yeah, the other one did, but not to this extent. And, yeah, it added a lot, I thought. It did. The match wasn't like let's just say this like maybe a year later they probably have like an infinitely better match oh, yeah. um but again rookie and right. yoko bito had one three minute exhibition match before <laughs> yeah, this. exactly and Which, they put in again, the main crazy. event of a company's first ever show yeah. yeah so you know we talked about the match prior to this we talked about this one that it's just like these two were at the face of stardom very quickly mm. um compared to mayu and Arisa. And you could see it in the match as well. Like, you could. fundamentally, it's a lot stronger. Yep. The match itself has story structure. Like, it has that beats and flows and ebbs that you would expect from a pro wrestling match. These two felt like they weren't in their first matches. Whereas Arisa and Mayu, yeah, they showed promise, but if you told me that was their first match, you would buy it. Yeah, of course, you know, Yash- Yoshiko has her history, and we'll mm. we will get to that someday. Um, not one I will be rushing to, obviously. No. Uh, but she, it was just amazing how she had that to her right, mm. right from the rip. Like, I knew this was her first match, yet I had to double check <laughs> because I was like, <laughs> wait a minute. I, I literally like second guessed myself. I was sitting there watching, I was like, what? she has she's Yoshiko already. Mm-hmm. Right, like she did, yeah, she developed her in ring skills and stuff, but like everything about her was Yoshiko from the very start, and that's just you know some incredible stuff. And uh, Yokobito was 
she's had it. She had it mm. too. Um, there's a like you said, there's a reason these two main evented. Yeah. Um, they were ready earlier on. Um, and the she won with an with a head kick. Yeah, it was the it was the spinning kick. You know, yeah, the roundhouse kept it going into the second spin. Yeah, which was Yoshika awesome. Goes down, which was yeah. awesome. Uh, you know, I, I love kicks, so like this speaks to it. Like, yeah, you Aikawa probably had the best kicks on the show, just because like hers, I knew very much hurt because she um, had the best single kick. Um, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Aikawa Yoko's... had the best overall kicks, and I think yeah. Yoko beat her of the three kickers. And Rossi mentions this in the blog. He's like, "We have three people with different like martial art kind of mm. backgrounds here: karate, taekwondo, and um, yeah. I think it was just kind of MMA or something." But like, you could see the difference in their kicks. But Yoko Beto felt the most well-rounded at this point. Mm-hmm. You know, Aikawa leaned very heavily in the kicks, but Beto was able to do a bit more in the match. Yeah. For sure, for sure. Um, this this match was the second best of the night. If you're wondering mm. on that, yeah. Um, yeah. worth watching because of their importance and their history to stardom mm. as well. Um, if if you were to watch the matches, watch the first one, watch uh, Mayu and Arisa, and watch this one. Yeah. Um, you know, just for the history of stardom and whatnot. You know. I was just I I was really in awe because of their experience level because mm. we talked about the last match with Mayu and Arisa and like yeah we saw signs there you watch this one if you had no idea you would thought these two have been wrestling for longer like the, the prior match you knew they were rookies right mm. like if you went in blind this one they had and I think it does play to what Yoshiko knew early on as yeah. as a wrestler. Um, like you said, establish that face and heel right from the get-go. Um, mm. And I think it's important to just note that Yoko Bito won the first ever starter main event. Yeah, and I mean, that's the thing. Like, as much as she's maybe forgotten in modern stardom circles, and oh, I'm guilty of it myself. When I first got into stardom, I didn't appreciate how good she was at yeah. the time. Um, but at the end of the day, yeah, she was there from the very beginning. She won the first ever main event. And even though she doesn't reach the pure heights of some of Stardom's very best, she's an important player for quite a few years. Yeah. She's also um, in and out of the mm. company, as we'll discuss. Um, she, you know, wrestled until 2012. And I think came back in 2016. I think off the top of my head. Let me check the H <laughs> yes. <laughs> yeah, uh she but she played an important role um in both her runs with the mm. company. Of course, she was in the All-Star Rumble. Uh mm. All-Star Dream Cinderella. She didn't really do anything in it, but she was in it. I mean, um, most of the people in that. Aikawa did. Aikawa did stuff. I think you say I could beat her, but, you know, not enough people talk about that. Uh but yeah, that was There's that a few was other fun. things that happened on that show that few probably deserve yeah. Well, Yoshiko you know was on that show. Yeah. Great match. Mm-hmm. Um, Nagayo was also in the, in the <laughs> All-Star Rumble, which, uh, more history, which is kind of. And Emi Sakura to bring us into Emi Sakura. Nice circle. Emi Sakura had the whole entrance and everything. Yes. Which was awesome. Everyone from Ghetto Move was there as well. Yeah. We need more of that. We I like the involvement. Uh, but Birth of Nova, Stardom, first ever show. We've won an hour here. We did pretty good here. Mm-hmm. You know? Um, Overall, how'd you feel after this show? Um, 
as we go on our wonderful journey here down the stardom road, shout out Tam McConnell. Uh, <laughs> did, did you feel like you, like I explained earlier, you felt that it factor to this company, even though it was early, it's just like, Oh, they, they had something here. Look, it's difficult because like there's not we a know. lot of promotions of sort of started from ground zero. Yeah. yeah. So you, you are kind of, it's impossible to not think, well, this is the company that I now follow religiously and yeah, cover yeah. and watch, you know, for years now. But, like, you can definitely tell there's a lot of potential. They've got a lot of young sure. talent, especially knowing that, you know, three-quarters of the roster had never wrestled before this night. Mm. Uh, the quality there was far better than it probably had any right to be. Mm-hmm. And that speaks highly of the people that Rossi surrounded himself with, people like Fuka, people like Nanai Takahashi, and also to the heart and dedication of these wrestlers because, you know, they didn't get tons of training beforehand and right. there was a certain reliance that you had to come in, you had to earn your spot, and you had to work hard for this. They didn't have a stardom dojo. You couldn't just rock up whenever you wanted and practice. They had yeah. set times. It's like, we're using this ring for an hour and a half, you've got to be there, you've got to put the effort in, and they did. You read mm-hmm. reports in Rossi's blog where Icar was going to gyms and training hard outside of the normal hours because she wanted to be ready for it. And you can see that dedication. Mm-hmm. You can see that heart in these wrestlers. And if a small company like this is going to succeed, whether to become what it becomes or just to keep pumping along in a very difficult industry to survive in, you need those kind of wrestlers to build around and to yep. move forward with. And they found the right people, and the right people found their spots. Yeah, um, I'm gonna try to do this thing like every main like whole show we watch, mm-hmm. which I'll probably forget because we're not gonna watch a whole show for a while. <laughs> um, but I'm gonna do three big takeaways. First one: UZK Kyle was the star of this company from mm-hmm. the very start. Um, Nanai Takahashi, despite what people feel of her now, was so important. To making this work so important, um, you just felt it in that first match. You feel with the training, obviously, right? She, you know, Fuka gets the main credit as she should, mm. but mm. then I did take part in training, um, as well. So, felt that was important. And you know, they picked some pretty good rookies, they picked some yeah. pretty good rookies. Uh, I think they all went out to be pretty good. I know, you know, I know Yoshiko gets the remarks she did for as we know, but, mm. you know, she, I think she did a good job at turning her career around after that. She had a great career before that. Um, and, yeah, it's it's pretty – I mean, she's kind of broken down now, unfortunately, as a wrestler. Yeah. She doesn't really get to compete much anymore, but – But it's still 11-year career. Well, 10 years because she had to take a year off for the aftermath of that match that we yeah. were referencing. Um, but, I mean, yeah, like, for her to have the career she did after that speaks yeah. to – her, I guess, focus and drive to get back to yeah, something. That, and that's a real turning point that, you know, as much as we'd like to avoid it, we have to talk about it. it we are going to address it, um, yeah. but it's also an episode we don't want to approach half-cocked. Um, no. We want to make sure we've got everything that we can get. We're, we're never going to be able to cover it truly because the only people who truly know what happened there are those yeah. directly involved, and yeah. they're not exactly lining up to talk about that, understandably. Um but yeah, we want to. If we're going to cover that topic, we want to do it as well as we possibly can. Oh, yeah. So it's, be- it's it's down the road. 
There's, yeah, we, there's we, other stuff to talk about. We do research. That is going to be the most researched episode of this entire yeah. series. I can almost guarantee it. Uh, but we're not going to end on a sour note. Watch this show for mm-hmm. Natsuki Tayo, Yuzuki Kawa, Nai Takahashi, Eri Susa, Iris. Yeah, Eri Susa, Miki Nagato. Uh, Mayu Iwatani versus Arisa Shiki in their debut matches. And, of course, the main event, Yoko Bito and Yoshiko. And get the feel that Stardom kicked off with right from the very beginning. Because I think it's a must. It's an essential for Stardom fans. Oh, yes. yeah, It's on Stardom World. It's easy to access. Which is nice. <laughs> yes. Um, do yourself a favor, if just for historical context, it's nice to go back and see where it all began, mm. which is the whole point of this show that we're doing. If, yeah. if you don't care about knowing Stardom's history, uh, what are you doing listening to this podcast? We're cheating. You know that? Because we're just making it podcast idea. This is just something I wanted to do. And I was like, you know what? I'll, I'll make it. I'll make it in a thing where I talk about it. Um, but it's, it's a lot of fun. And hopefully, uh, down the line we can uh create as much fun as it is for us for you guys um with the second episode we made it through mm-hmm, mm-hmm. which means it's time to talk about that third episode what, what are we doing what are we doing in a fortnight's time scott so so there's so there's this important uh trio in startup mm. history i don't i don't mm. know people have heard them three them uh mm. and you know trent had the great idea um you know there's a there's a pretty big event coming up uh, in the history of Stardom. Possibly the biggest match ever in Stardom's history. I say it is. Um, which is of course statement. Which, of course, is the New Japan Stardom Historic Crossover Show, which will feature two-thirds of Threedom competing as Mayu Yutani faces Kyrie for the WGP Women's Championship. I'm so excited. I'm getting chills thinking about it. <laughs> um, so we're going to do a little bit of the Readum Convo, of course. Mm-hmm, you know, mm-hmm. talk about the group and its importance. And you know, I think everyone knows how important they were to start them, but you know, a general conversation because <laughs> there's gonna be plenty of episodes regarding Ooh. all three of them. Might be the whole series at this point, but you know, <laughs> we'll see. Uh, but specifically which was a great idea by Trent. We're going to watch the three singles matches of Kyrie and Mayu Iwatani, which it, it's actually crazy to think there's only three. Yeah. When I had the idea, I thought, okay, how, how much do we actually have to watch to prepare for this show? And I'm like, Oh, there's only three. Oh, there's only two on stardom world. And thankfully Scott worked his magic to find the, the mm. mystery match, the 2012 match. Took me about first face five match. minutes. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, so we're going to go through those three matches. Um, yeah. So for those of you listening, if you want to do the, the research, the prep beforehand, we're going to mm. watch they had a match in 2012, a match in 2015, and then a match in 2017 um, mm. to prep for their 2022 match. What a world. What a world. Mm. Uh, so exciting. But uh, yeah, that, that's what to look forward to for the next episode. Hopefully that can gear you up for a historic crossover. That's the fun of Stardom Road. We get to go up and down the road as much as we want. Oh, yeah. Uh, yeah. To uh, feed the current events, to feed to whatever the hell we want to talk about. Then the moment Scott's like, no, screw it. We're talking about Aretha. And we'll do an Aretha episode. I mean, if I had my way, this would just be the Mayu show, but. 
It probably will be. What am I kidding? It already <laughs> it already is. We're a second show in. I, I talked at length about her first ever match where she wrestled for nine minutes. Uh, you know, it's fine. Um, but we yeah. just got three to cover next fortnight. Yeah, three to cover. Freedom to cover. Uh-huh. Um, I'm really excited to talk about Freedom because hmm. of obvious reasons. Um, you know, everyone knows how important they are. You know. Yeah. If there's a Mount Rushmore, I personally say it's Aikawa and those three, um, which is it's a tough combo because truthfully, the one that gets that uh, is borderline, in my opinion, out of the four I just named, is Kyrie. Mm-hmm. But I fully agree to the point that Ryan and I actually had a article on WrestleIn where we debated Stardom's Mount Rushmore. EO and Mai were locks, mm-hmm. and then we debated the other. Be. We we debated the other two, and Ryan was pushing for Kari. I was pushing for Aikawa. Ryan also pushed for Nanai Takahashi, and I pushed for Kagetsu, aka Yu Ishino. So they were the sort of four being all debated fitting. for the, the final two spots. All so fitting, go check that out. All very important. You know what? Maybe we'll have an episode where we debate because, you know, after a long time, I think we'll have a good idea of who should be on there and who shouldn't be. Hmm. Um, but I kind of already gave my answer away, but you know it could change. It could change. It could yeah. change. We're gonna we're gonna watch. maybe Mika Nagano can make that list. By the we'll end we'll, of this. Ma- we'll make a secondary uh, Mount Rushmore of the people of uh, the most underappreciated people. In Star I'm actually surprised you Americans haven't made a second Mount Rushmore. Yeah, I mean, no one cares enough about making another mountain. Uh, <laughs> but that's all, uh, Trent. This is airing next week. So is there any content people should be looking out for? <laughs> I have no idea. There might be. Um, yeah. But just follow me on One Up Culture yeah. at on Twitter, One Up Culture, and you'll see what I'm doing when yeah. I'm doing it, more so than me <laughs> trying to think into the future. I do have stuff planned, but I don't know when it's coming out and other stuff I haven't written yet. So, yeah. I it, I'm only laughing. Because I, of all people, am saying, oh, do you have anything you know for a fact will be out in the coming week? And I'm sitting here on, like, waiting back for, like, multiple things and Mm. trying to get myself to write, uh, which has been a wonderful task the past couple days. Uh, But you can check out my article on Maria, Marvelous's Maria, which was a fun little article put together. Kind of my follow-up from last year where I wrote an article about Mio Momono. Mm. Um, in her year, I think Maria was the next marvelous wrestler to take a step up uh, and someone to keep an eye out for 2023. Uh, that was on Voices of Wrestling. Probably came out like, you know, the day after we recorded this. But that's something. But yeah, it's there. But of course, follow me at Scott E. Wrestling. That's the best way to know what I'm up to mm. because I never know what I'm up to. I just, I send a lot of things out. Send a lot of emails out. Send a lot of air. I'm tired thinking about it. I'm going to end the show. This was episode two of Stardom Road. Next time we talk freedom, we talk Mayu versus Kyrie. For Trent, I'm Scott. So long. This has been a Countout Podcast.